Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, December 14, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a market that did part of the thing that we discussed that it would do yesterday if it got below the breakup candle low, if it got below 464. We laid everything out last night. This morning, everybody woke up and nobody was surprised to see them having a bull bear battle early in the pre-market right around 464. Just so you can get a glimpse of what was taking place over here is that time frame before the opening bell. This is the candle ending at 9 a.m. This is the candle ending at 10 a.m. This is on the 24-hour cycle, not the ones that end on the half an hour. Well, this one had a high of 468, a low of 463 and a half. This one had a high of 465.74 and a low of 462.92. That is, by definition, a bull bear battle. They came up short here in the 6 a.m. candle, 464.75, bounced away, and then they went through it, and they had the bull bear battle. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Couple of things. They've yet to fill the gap. And by the way, what's that horizontal line running across the screen at 460.50? We'll get to that in a few moments. Again, they haven't filled the gap, so it's likely one of two things is going to take place. A, they're going to come up short of the gap like today, and then tomorrow and the following day and the following day after that, they're going to trade up north, having missed the gap, leaving traders waiting at the altar. Traders that were short waiting to exit at the gap, traders that were waiting for the gap to take on a long trade. One of those potential situations is we have a visit from the thieves in the middle of the night. What are they? The futures traders who'll run price down, essentially fill the gap on the futures market. By the time the opening bell rings, they've already done the thing. They're trading higher. They leave you standing at the altar. They don't fill the gap. That's another possibility. What else do we have on the docket that's important from a bigger picture perspective? Well, once again, let's reiterate what we have this week is Kabuki Theater. The Fed starts meeting today. They culminate tomorrow afternoon. Then there's a press conference. They have some kind of interest rate announcement or whatever they're going to say on the taper. All that stuff is coming tomorrow afternoon. Now, who knows what they're going to say? We don't really care what they're going to say. What we do care about is, and what the market cares about is, how the market is reacting. So buying begets buying, selling begets selling. If the market's getting hit, they'll probably swing it back in the other direction. If the market's catching a rally, they'll probably swing it back in the other direction. Expect some EKG movement around the Fed announcement. They'll pick a direction, they'll run with it. They may stick with that for the next couple of days. What else do we have on the docket? We have quadruple witching options expiration. A lot of rebalancing going on. They're swapping stocks out of indices. They whip stuff around to have expired options, meaning the options desks, meaning the institutional options traders who are on the other side of the retail trade. Typically, they want the retail trader to expire worthless. So they whip stuff around to try and achieve that goal. They don't always do it, but they try and do it. It goes in the camp of shenanigans. 
Look where price is on the daily chart, in between two gaps. There's a gap below, right around 459, slightly below that. There's a gap above at whatever that price was, 466.57. Is she going to fill both of them this week? That's very possible. Is she going to leave one hanging this week? That's also very possible. All that is sponsored by Trick and Company. About the 240 chart. Look at this gap over here. What is that gap? The gap happens to be, and this candle is 460.34, and this candle 460.34, so we're calling it 460.34, and they came down to exactly what? 460.25, and that was low of day. Where'd that gap come from? How come I didn't mention it before? Well, I did mention it before. We'll get back to that later. Here's the 120-minute chart. Here's a gap here, 459.01. So that's the 459 I was talking about. Depends on what chart you're looking at. Not everybody is looking at all the necessary charts, so they don't necessarily have all the numbers. That's the way it works. One chart will be operational, and then they'll switch over to another one. They don't necessarily tell you they're doing that, but it's our job as analysts, as traders, to figure out which chart is actually the one that's the chart in the forefront, the front burner chart. What number are they trying to satisfy on what chart and why? That's the mystery. That's the puzzle that I'm forever trying to put together. It's the never-ending puzzle. Here's a snapshot of the hourly chart, and you can see here, 460.50 was the number, and you'll see where it comes up again in a moment. We're going to switch over to inside the numbers. We're going to take a look at the early thoughts. We're going to scroll up, take a look at the real-time commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move a little bit later. Let's turn around Tuesday. Let's remember, they opened the day. The opening print was right around 463. So they were fighting 464, but they opened below the thing. Now, in the early thoughts, you don't know whether that will or will not occur, so just keep that in mind. I'm going to highlight a few important things and I'll let you scroll up on your own, pause the video, and read the notes. It's Turnaround Tuesday. They tried to send them higher overnight, but failed at zero dark 30, dropped like a stone into the red. They're basically headed right for the zone discussed last night, the breakup candle low. Did they get below 464 or stay above? The breakup candle low is 464.35, the fat round number, and some moving averages on a variety of charts were around 464, give or take. It's a zone. We talked about all that last night. If they turn around and head back up north, recapturing 468 is the thing that gets the bulls excited. They obviously didn't do that, but you have to put it on the board. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Anything short of that is just a bounce in a downtrend, which turned out to be the case. Bigger picture, Kabuki Theater, big swings in both directions, keep that in mind as the financial media will traffic in rumors and stuff they know little about. That's garden variety behavior. 845, pre-market watchers, they're already beginning the bull bear battle around 464. We talked about that later, so we're opening the door for the thought process down to 459 if they were going to do it all in one shot. At the time, anything's possible. Now here's where you need to start getting at your sticky note, pay attention. This is the stuff that we save for later because it really never changes. Quick note in the spirit of being prepared. It's Kabuki Theater Week and Quad Witching Options Expiration. There's going to be an element of Trick and Company 
awareness. Opening below 464 is the more bearish case, so the door is open for lower. 462.35 is the next number where they can bounce from within no man's land between 464 and the gap down around 459. What we're saying is, I don't expect them to get all the way to 459. They're going to find a spot and they're going to bounce the tape. They can bounce from anywhere as we know. All right, let's move along a little bit. We let them go at the open, see what Mrs. Market has in store. Just to be clear, buying or selling around the open is guessing. Guessing is gambling. While 462.35, give or take, can bounce the tape, we don't know it will during the morning rush. Remember, the prize is lower like the gap. The how, meaning how they get there, is the challenge. Bouncing back to 464 is normal behavior. There are some traders that will take advantage of that knowing that A, it will be magnetic, and B, it's overhead resistance. They're going to try and get back to recapture the breakup candle low, 464.35. Okay, with all that in mind, all that said, in the pre-market and even a few minutes after the opening bell. Now we'll give one more, 9.36. If they can recapture 464.35 on candle closes, the target becomes 466.65, give or take. Not all in one bite. After they get to 465 and a quarter, which would be the next discussion. So 465 and a quarter would be the target above 464.35. That's almost 10 S&P handles. Now let's get our faculties. Right at the vertical is today's activity. The top line is 465 and a quarter, and the bottom line is the 460.50 still. Now, the opening print is down here. The market opens at 463.05. They're going to run a test of 464. Where's 464? Right about... Here, 464. They run that test and they keep going. The next spot is 464.35. That's the breakup candle low. They're going to run a test of that. And then if they get above that, where are they going? 465 and a quarter. They try to go higher, then they fail. So we had the numbers on the board. You know the schematic. You know the setup. You know where the spots are. You have a leg up on most everybody else. All right, let's keep going. So they did the 465 and a quarter. 464 is short-term support and the pivot, it's the gateway. They're either going to get below or stay above. So right there, we have a line in the sand. We're moving along. Now they start to narrow things down a little bit. The market quiets down a little bit. You start to get some numbers on the board. They have a morning high. That's important. They have a morning low. That's important. You get below the low, it opens the door for something else. You get above the high, it opens the door for something else. That's how we begin the session. Here's a Tradable opportunity. Traders took a long trade on a spike of 464 after they went back down. Here it is right here. Give or take is still the pivot, and if tested, should produce a bounce, meaning back in the other direction. Traders that took the long trade at 464 in and around there need to book profits along the way. 465 is a reasonable target. As long as they stay above 464, they should get there at least. You're in this zone over here. They spike 464. They bounce back up. The high in this candle is 464.72. They didn't get to 465. Guess what? That's weakness. When they get back below 464, that begins to be what? A failure. You got it. Let's move along. 462.92 is a line in the sand. If they fail, running a test is one thing. Closing candles below is something different. By the way, check this one out. 10.16. If they kill the QQQ further, 
384.50 is the spot where buyers would normally show up. It's a bounce area. Sticky note stuff just in case. That's 1016. Let's take a detour over to the queues. 1016 is over here, 1015 in the morning. I'm talking about 384.50. What happened at 384.50? Looks prettier on an hourly chart. They came into 384.50, they bounced up away from 384.50. Is it because the other market found a low or was 384.50 the number? For the queues, 384.50, give or take, was the number today. All right, let's move along, see what else we have. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. You pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. About 1047. Remember, the big fat round number of 460 is magnetic. Many times they'll make a run for it, but come up short by 50 cents, give or take, and bounce. Awareness. I said that slow for a reason. Remember what I said before. There's a reason why that line was at 460.50. Remember that 240-minute chart? It all ties together. The concept of trick and company not getting to the big fat round number happens all the time. So I have that in my mind. I have the gap in my mind. I have trick and company in my mind. Quad witching options expiration. Kabuki theater. I've seen this hundreds if not thousands of times. And so our number was 460. 50. And we're moving along. I'm going to let you read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. By the way, here's 1123, food for thought. I think this is important stuff. It's not just the numbers that's in here. It's other stuff. The learning opportunities are endless. Mindset stuff. While most people were likely thinking the market was going lower, we were discussing looking for a morning low. That's found earlier in the notes. If you paused the video and read it, you saw it. As soon as it looked like one was developing, we were able to identify it. Whether it holds at this point is irrelevant to the point of understanding how things work. The majority of time gives you a leg up on most other traders. Here's that post at 10.57. We start thinking in terms of a morning low. 460.50 give or take, and maybe a spike of the big fat round number is a pretty good spot. We don't know, just awareness at this point. It was earlier, they hadn't been down there yet, that was what was on my mind. So let's go forward again, scroll up, let you read the stuff, go back to the charts, double check the work. In the afternoon, what you'll see is traders had a target on the upside so they could take the ride up to 462, and then if they get below that, 463, and so on. Go ahead and pause the video, read the notes to double check the work. This is the intraday schematic. We're going to take a look at stocks on the move. We had a nice healthy list, only the money really wasn't in stocks on the move today. It was more so in the SPY. You never know. And by the way, the cues, if you played the cues, you never know where the opportunities are going to come from. We've got something for everybody. We're going to take a look at the charts of a few, even though they jump target, for example, Datadog, we're going to take a look at, RL, we're going to take a look at, and DOCS, we're going to take a look at. The others didn't hit their price objectives or entry targets, so they're off the board. Somebody else's numbers. First one, Dater Dog. I had two numbers up on the board, and unfortunately, it opened below the second number. Then it went slightly lower and ripped higher. Technically, did the deal, but didn't do the deal in the manner in which we like, so it's classified as a no trade, but the numbers work. You can see that as evidence of by where price was as it relates to those two numbers. 
RL, 111.85 was my number. This one is classified like this. And by the way, if you remember what the chart said, it was a one and done. It was one number with a stop pretty close by. So it was either going to work or it wasn't 111.85. And they opened the day at 111.65 and ripped higher immediately, precluding me at least from getting filled on the trade. The technical term for this is screw job. The numbers work. Sometimes they just don't let you in the trade. Some traders, I'm sure, jumped in the trade anyway. I was a no-fill. Docs, this one kind of did the deal, but not in the manner in which we like. Not kind of, they did the thing. But here, the low was what? $50.05. My number was $50.04. They had bounced away, and then they came back into the number. If you look at a shorter-term chart, it's a little bit more obvious of what they did. They made a high in this candle of 51 and a quarter, takes it off the board for me. Then they did it. Obviously, the number was the number. The numbers worked. Again, the trading is different than the numbers work. Some days it's easy. Some days it's hard. Some days they issue a screw job like today. What's going on in Camp IWM? They didn't get much of a bounce today. They fell apart early in the day. They pretty much stayed apart. And they're teetering on where that rubber band being stretched breaks to the next level. It's either going to snap back. They have an opportunity this week in the second part of the week if, in fact, the market gets a goose operation as a result of the Fed. It's possible. We know that it's possible. If that happens, they can try and rescue the IWM some. But if, in fact, we don't get the goose operation and the market falls further after the Fed, before the Fed at all, the IWM is teetering on one of those areas where they can snap and have another leg lower. You can see on the weekly chart, it's all these pivots here that's really holding up the market. If these give way, then there's a lot of room in no man's land. You have a big fat round number of 200. You have a 100 period moving average down here. There's a lot of intra-week, intra-day stuff in between, but you can see that they're teetering in an area that's really, really important. This is the rubber band potentially stretching too far. When you look over at the monthly chart, you could see from a logical standpoint, not necessarily this month, you'd never know when it's going to happen, but it's certainly logical that they're going to pay a visit to where? The monthly chart, 20 period moving average, or home base. Home base exists on all charts. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We're going to look at a couple of different charts. We're going to also look at the IYT in a moment. You can see here the 50 period moving average is at least, if nothing else, temporary support. But we will notice also breakup candle low, 15,995. We talked about that one last night. They closed above it after getting below by just a little bit today. There's no accidents nor coincidences. So therefore, we're going to say that at least for the time being, they have an opportunity to get back above these moving averages or the 20 period moving average on a closing basis on the daily chart, that would be a bullish signal. Again, today was a down day. We're not saying it wasn't, but we have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes and stay in the know of what's on the docket this week in terms of kabuki, quad witching, all that stuff. Expect big swings in both directions. Be the umpire calling balls and strikes. Get below the 50 period moving average, and we start talking about 
running a test of this breakup candle low, not necessarily all in one bite, but that's what the conversation turns to. Here's why I wanted to look at the IYT also. It's a different chart in a different position. Look at these moving averages and you can see here, this is no good. They're giving up these moving averages, heading right for the next two. Well, what happens if the next two don't hold? Then you go to these lows and so on. So they're in slightly different positions. It pays to look at both. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? Well, we already showed you the 384.50, so we know about that. They filled their gap. So the thing is, is that good enough? Were they ahead of the game into the 50-period moving average and the gap? Now they're going to bounce up, fill the next gap, and if they get above, they're trying to rally again. So maybe the cues are foretelling of what's coming later in the week. Remember, Kabuki, Options X, big swings in both directions, all that stuff. Now the 384.50 had nothing to do with the gap. The 384.50 is what happens when you bring out the calculator and run some numbers. You find a better number than the gap. What about the financials? So they were up today. So we have to take notice of this. So look what they're doing. I'm going to draw something out. So we have a move higher and we have a bullish flaggish kind of thing, a wedgish kind of thing, a pullback kind of thing, a thing that as long as she stays above this moving average that was now stayed above or closed above the last two days after being tested, they ran a test of the 100 period moving average, stayed above. If they get a rally across the markets, again, maybe this is a little bit of a canary in terms of the XLF. Remember what I said about the transports holding that breakup candle low. Maybe that's a little bit of a disguised canary. Maybe the XLF is on time for one of these. If they start going higher, they're going to want to fill the gap at 40 bones. Put this one on a sticky note. We treat each chart independent of one another, but they can provide evidence of what might happen later or in the bigger picture. Remember, divergences will resolve themselves in one of two ways. Either the other thing is going to catch up on the downside, like the S&P 500, for example, and the Qs are going to turn around and they're going to go back down because this was a fake out in the XLF because it's going to go back down, or the other stuff's going to go up and the XLF is going to have this bullish flaggish kind of thing play out to the upside. Maybe they're going to make a run for $39.40. Bucks. Or I should really say $39.50, $40. The 50-period moving average at $39.50, the gap right around $40. Divergences will resolve themselves one way or the other. What's going on over in Smash Mouth? So they're trying a rescue operation, so here's the deal. You got this pivot low here, 290.51. That's your line in the sand. Even though you got the 50-period moving average running up right below that, if they give up that pivot low, that's a really negative sign. That would mean that the rest of the technology space is likely weak and getting weaker. The S&P is weak, getting weaker. The S&P 500 would likely be filling the gap down at 459 and so on. If they can recapture 300, they'll run a rescue operation up to the 20-period moving average right around 305, 306. That's the way it works. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.